Good morning, everyone. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening in. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or prayer requests, please let me know. Either post them in the comments here or send me a private message and I will get back to you. We're going to continue uh, speaking about perfecting the perfect bride. This will be part two. And I want to read again from Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 uh, and, and 13 as well. Wherefore, this is the Weist translation. It's not the King James, but it's the Weist translation. And we've talked about it before, but I'll mention it again. It's a wonderful expanded translation that looks at uh, the big picture uh, of this verse and um, tenses and so forth. So you'll see what I mean. Uh, Wherefore, my beloved ones, as you always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, carry to its ultimate conclusion your own salvation with the wholesome, serious caution and trembling. So we're to carry to its ultimate conclusion our own salvation. So we're actually... Uh, it's like a, a math problem. You carry it to its conclusion. It has a conclusion. It, it's it's a, a math problem that can be solved, um, but we need to carry to its ultimate conclusion. We need to we need to do the formula to get to the answer, right? So, and we're, we're to do that with serious caution and trembling. Why? Because God is the one who is constantly putting forth his energy in you. So how do we carry our salvation to its ultimate conclusion? It's because God is putting his energy into us. He's, that's how we can carry it to its ultimate conclusion. Not because we're good, not because we're better than other people, not because we can figure it out. We can't. That's why we need a Savior. That's why Jesus Christ came for us. We need Him, but we are, we are to exert our effort and our energy towards it because God is doing that. Uh, both, how is God doing it? Both in the form of your being desirous of and of your doing His good pleasure. How is God putting his, pouring His energy into us? in the form of you being desirous. The fact that you have a desire for God shows that God is putting his energy into you. But then you have to go further than that. You can't just have a desire and of doing his good pleasure. So you, you, you walk in obedience. You do what he desires. You have a passion to follow him and to be obedient to him. And that's him working in you. John 8, 31 and 32, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. As Christians, to be a Christian, to be a disciple of Christ, we have to continue in the words of Jesus Christ. We can't stay just stay in the old form, the old ways. We always want to go back to what it was when we were new Christians. We want to go backwards, stop looking backwards. Uh, the devil looks backwards, points backwards. God is always saying, press towards the mark, press forward. See what I'm doing now and press forward into what I have for you. Uh, continue in my word. Don't be stagnant in my word. Don't stop, but continue. Pray for more revelation. Seek God more. Trust him more. Reach forward to those things which are before you.
That's the mark of a Christian, continuing in the word. Martin Luther says, Thus it is just as impossible to separate faith and works as it is to separate heat and light from fire. This is, this is so important. If you have faith, it produces works. Just like fire, the light of fire produces heat. So it, it can't not do that. You can't set a fire and, and it makes it colder. Fire produces heat, period. Faith produces works, period. If you don't have works in your life, you don't have a true revelatory faith given to you by God. I want to run and read some quotes from Brother Branham. This is, I believe, in the sermon, Works is Faith Expressed, preached in 1965. Notice Jesus said, Only believe, for all things are possible to them that believe. Faith and works are husband and wife. They work together. The husband works with the wife. The wife works the, the wife with the husband. They identify one another. Like a man says he's married and yet he can't produce and show that he has a wife, you doubt his claim. See, and a man said, I'm married. Where's your wife? Oh, I don't know about that. See, be kind of hard for thing for me to believe him. I say, well, where's your wife? Well, I don't know. I ain't got nothing to believe it. So you see, if you have what you say you have, I have faith. How are you going to show me you got faith by your work? See, I'm married. How do you know you're married? This is my wife. See, there you are. Amen. Romans 6.17 But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Right there where it says what delivered you, it speaks of, in, in the Greek, you look at it, it'll say you were delivered to it. God delivered you to this doctrine, and you obeyed it from the heart. When God delivers a person to the doctrine, when he calls it, calls you, when he delivers you into the word, you will obey it from the heart. And so, faith and obedience, it goes together. Faith produces obedience. John 14, verse 23. Hey, Brother Sam, thank you for commenting. Any Anyone else out there, please let me know. Please give us a like and a share. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. If a man loves me, he'll keep my word. There's no such thing as a chronically disobedient Christian. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. A believer, he believes and does. Now, of course, we all sin every day. We all backslide every day. But the thing is, we need to keep getting up, keep going forward, repenting, seeking God. Don't repeat the same mistake over and over and over and over again. And unfortunately, we're all guilty of that. But stop it. Let's let's be done with repeating the same mistake. Let's let's. Keep the words of Jesus. Why should we keep the words of Jesus? Because we love him. John 14, 24. He that loveth me keeps not my saying. He that loveth me not keeps not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. In case you're confused, he repeats it in the negative sense. If you don't love me, you won't obey my word. So if people are not obeying the scriptures, not obeying the message of the hour, it means they don't love him. John 15, 9 and 10, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. How can we abide in the love of Jesus? He tells us right here, right in the scripture, keep my commandments. You keep my commandments, you abide in my love. That means if I do works and, and if I'm pleasing to the Lord, maybe he'll still love me. No, his love always remains. But how do we abide in the sense and continual presence of his love? When we walk in disobedience, we don't sense his love anymore. It's still there. It never changes. He's always right there to love us, to open our arms. It's his love that causes us to repent and come back to obedience. But how can we abide in that presence of love continually by keeping his commandments? When we don't keep his commandments, when we commit sin, what do we do? We confess our sins to the Lord, and he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. That's just as much abiding his love, because that's one of his commandments, is to confess our sins. And so when we sin, we need to confess it, and he forgives us. But how, how do I stay in the love of Jesus? How do I stay in his presence? How do I continually have his love inside of me? It's by being obedient to him. Now, his love never changes. That's absolutely true. His love always remains with you, even when you are walking in disobedience. However, how do I remain in that sense that I know that he loves me? Jesus says, keep my commandments. And Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Brother Branham says this. What is the new birth then? You say, well, Brother Branham, what is the new birth? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. And continuing, what is it? It's Christ being revealed, and he is the word. And when the word is revealed, it expresses itself. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. What's the new birth? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ to me personally. When the revelation of Jesus Christ comes to me personally, it, the life expresses itself. It has to. It can't not express itself. When you have the life of this message inside of you, it expresses that life of this message. And this message is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christ in you, the hope of glory. How beautiful. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, Brother Kennedy, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Again, if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. So with that said, we, we all want to be possessors of rapturing faith. We need to grow into it. There's a lot of shaving down. It's a cleansing process. We need to lay in the presence of the sun to ripen, to come to completion, perfection, maturity, so that we can go in the rapture. And that that completion, perfection, maturity is expressed not merely in the faith that we have, though that's the starting point. Faith is a revelation. God reveals it to our hearts. We walk then in obedience to it. So it's not just that, but it's expressing in obedience. So faith and works go together. Rapturing faith is going to produce the life of Jesus Christ. And we don't have the completion of it, because we're not raptured yet, but we're, grow we're growing into it. And if you're not growing into it, you won't have it at the end. 
So that's a pro- that's the process. Lay in the presence of the sun to ripen. God richly bless you.